Hi, I'm Clark Dunn, your host of the Beyond Rockets podcast. Huntsville, Alabama is primarily known for being the Rocket City because of its close association with the U.S. space mission. But Huntsville is so much more than that. Huntsville is home to many high-tech companies, entrepreneurs involved in interesting startups, talented creatives, and much, much more. My goal is to introduce you to some of these individuals that are taking Huntsville beyond the rocket. Welcome back to another episode of Beyond Rockets. In this episode, I sit down and talk with Matt Johnson and his wife, Daniela Perillon, owners of Canadian Bacon, a local bakery located in downtown Huntsville that serves up great made-from-scratch breads, bagels, and fine coffee. This episode is sponsored by Offbeat Coffee Studio. Offbeat Coffee Studio is a local coffee shop located at Campos 805 in Huntsville, Alabama that specializes in offering unique craft coffee. I love Offbeat because of its inviting atmosphere. If you're new to coffee or coffee enthusiasts, there's something for you. The baristas allow you to ask questions or recommendations, and while you wait for your cup of coffee, you can check out their incredible selection of vinyl records. Go check out Offbeat Coffee Studio today. This episode is sponsored by Fowl Design. Fowl Design is a local clothing brand focused on bringing hometown freshness to shirtless souls. They offer creative t-shirts, hats, koozies, and so much more. I love Fowl Designs because of its ability to make something so familiar so fun and exciting. From I like big spring ducks and I cannot lie to egg beater Jesus, you are bound to find something for you. Check out their website today at fowldesign.com. Uh, I'm Matt, and I make bread. <laughs> I'm Daniela. Um, I'm Matt's wife, co-owner, and I'm, um, I do marketing as my day job. <laughs> Are y'all originally from Huntsville, or did work or family bring you here? Uh, I grew up in Decatur. Uh, I guess work brought me to Huntsville. I got a job in the Arsenal when I was 18, and then made the commute for a while, and then eventually moved over here and just liked it, so I stayed. Yeah, I'm from Florida. I moved here in 2011 uh, for a job out of college and didn't think I would be here this long, but here I am. <laughs> How has Huntsville changed over the time that y'all have been here and you've been able to see it grow? Hugely. <laughs> Absolutely hugely. When I moved here, I was in news, and so I was out in the community a ton, and it was right when all this development and like DHI got started and all that stuff started. And then I worked in the arts for a while, which was another huge area of growth in Huntsville and now it's completely unrecognizable from when I moved here like nine years ago. I, I rarely go outside. So. <laughs> <laughs> I know that originally uh, your background wasn't necessarily in baking. Like you said, you, you worked on the Arsenal. Can you tell me a little bit about what, what you did prior to Canadian Bacon and how you kind of got into baking? Yeah, baking was really just a hobby that I did to unwind from my real job. Um, I, I worked on the Arsenal doing 3D models on the computer for test simulations for army stuff it's a lot of boring stuff the fun part was graphic design when i got to design posters for trade shows but that was about five percent of the actual job so, so uh, i got fed up there at work and i'd come home and bake and, for fun and that just started that part all the skills for baking that you had you kind of did on the side was that something did you ever think you would be opening up your own shop and providing it to customers and when did that kind of switch happen where you were actually selling your products uh, thinking I would open up a shop probably happened a year ago. <laughs> uh, I, I started selling, like it started selling like friends would want me to make stuff for them. And I did that for a while. And then I was like, well, if I'm going to make it for friends of friends, I'm going to have to start charging people. So it started out very small. And then I uh, started doing it at um, farmer's markets. And then it was still out of the house, like 24 bagels at a market. It's, I thought that was a big deal. <laughs> the first photos, if you scroll way, way back on his Instagram, you'll see like his first farmer's market set up with like 12 of each bagel. <laughs> it's cute. It was a lot of work. <laughs> so you talk about how the, the 
having your own like shop itself really only kind of come up in the last year. I know that going to a lot of these events and these pop-up shops and like all the farmers markets, y'all would sell out really quickly. Did did you realize how popular this was going to be at the beginning, or did it all, like, or was it always something you were like, this is going to be something big? It, it when people started selling me out, selling, selling me out. That sounded out. weird. <laughs> <laughs> when people started buying all of it at once, then that's when I started realizing that people liked it. When I started, it was really just I want to do something different. So I started doing something that I enjoyed, and sometimes I would do great. Sometimes I would come home with just as many bagels as I left home with. <clears throat> but it was better than sitting behind a computer all day, so I enjoyed it. It was probably about, like, last summer was the farmer's market where it kind of all clicked, where he'd be sold out within an hour, or we would go to events and the people would start queuing at, like, 3.30 for, an, for a market that opened at 4, and they'd be blocking the next three tents next to us, and it kind of became a joke where they'd walk by and be like, oh, we know where Canadian Bacon's tent is. And <laughs> it, people asking, why don't you just make more? Why don't you just make more? <laughs> I got saucy with someone one day when they asked that. And I was like, he's been up since 3 a.m. He can't make any more. Um, <laughs> but it was a lot of work, but it was cool to see how excited people got for the product. And then when we opened this place, we were obviously nervous, but I kept, at least me, I kept trying to remind myself of how people responded at the markets. We're like, well, if they respond that way to to us when we have an actual shop, we'll be we'll be good. <laughs> I know, I know a, lot of, a lot of the events that I would go to in town, like the Green Street Market or little uh, events around the square, stuff like that. I would always go to your your place and I'd try to get there early, thinking that like I was like, I know they're gonna sell out. I gotta get there early. I gotta get there early. And like by the time I get there, it would still be like 30 minutes after y'all open, and it's like sold out of three items. I'd be like, oh, no, but like I would still find some bagels that I would love and some other things I would try. So it was always like, I was always like kind of like a hunt. I would always try to find what y'all had left when I got there and try new things. So it was always fun. Just try to be very elusive. Make <laughs> it like a game for people. Stop putting up signs or telling people where we're going to be. Yeah. I know y- y'all still go to events even though you have the shop. Do you think you'll continue to always go to events in town and have your shop or do you think that you'll slowly transition to where you're just at the shop itself? Uh, I, I like the events. Um, <clears throat> right now, we're just trying to focus on getting this place under control, especially with the current circumstances. But we still do Green Street this year, and I'd like to do more farmers markets and just random events when random events start happening again. How has the COVID-19 really kind of put a uh, damper on the construction as far as this location, as far as all the other events? I know that y'all opened this location during this pandemic, and y'all had a lot of transitioning. Can you talk about a little bit of the little bit of the things you had to either change as far as what you expected to do, but then you had to yeah. for like people sitting inside and curbside and stuff like that. Well. We originally planned to open as a bakery where people come in, buy bread, sit, have a coffee, and then leave. And then as soon as we opened, we realized, oh, we need to be an online store. (laughs) So that was a big change. Yeah, we literally our grand opening was scheduled for the week of or the week after they closed down dine-in at, you know, across the state. Um, So we started doing online sales. And that was... Mess. It wasn't a mess. It was, <laughs> um, it was hard. It was hard. Like it was people. There was great response. People were selling. Were online placing their orders. It was amazing. But we on the back end were spending about three hours a day just organizing the orders for the next day, um, and it was very challenging because that's not what we had been preparing for. And then when we were able to open up 
for to-go, like people could come in the shop and pick up bread, that helped a little. And then finally, when we were able to open the dining area, like what you see now, where you come in, you can place your order, sit down, have a, have a sandwich on one of our bagels, get a coffee, like that was the vision. So we're closer <laughs> to that now. Um, but you know, it's obviously still strange. And that, that was actually one benefit is that there was, we were scrambling to get open. Like we needed to get open. We were so excited, but there were so many little things that we knew we're probably forgetting to do. And once they said we couldn't open the dining area, I was like, oh, I don't have to worry about that right now. <laughs> so things, simple things like getting our menu board done. That was, I was like, oh my gosh, we're opening in two weeks. I have to get an artist to do our menu board. Well, I didn't get that done until you know, four weeks ago. <laughs> I got a little bit of a, I guess you could call it a breather, but not really. So it kind of helped. Yeah, in that, in that sense. In did. that sense. <laughs> silver linings. So you talk about a lot of the stress that y'all had to deal with during opening and stuff like that. How did you deal with this stress? And was there things that you were trying to do outside of the shop to get your mind off of it? Or did you just feel like you were consumed with it? I just went home and cried. <laughs> <laughs> I have. <laughs> He's joking. I'm not. Um, what is it you always say about video games? Like, like he's like he can't wait to get home to play video games, and by the time he gets home, he'll like pick up the controller and fall asleep with the controller in his hand <laughs> and the TV just on like the home screen. And get so close. And get so close. Um, we did a lot of bike riding. Mm -hmm. That was like yeah, when no cars were on the road, when everybody <gasps> was staying home, that was a great time to go for a bike ride. It was ride. so nice. We would like ride our bikes to the shop on Monday mornings. Ride and through downtown. There's like nobody one car there. down there. It was. Yeah, those are kind of the the nice moments of, of all <laughs> of that. Lining. Where yeah, silver linings. Where we're like, we're just gonna go for a bike ride. Cause what else are we gonna do? You talk about how you you were doing your work on the arsenal prior to kind of building this out. When did the switch come where you were able to do this full time and you were not having to go back to the arsenal and do the computer computer stuff you were doing? Well, I got a an in between job um, working at a coffee shop, at Angels Island on South Parkway. Um, it was just a big leap to go from, all right, I'm quitting this job. I'm going to get a part-time job making minimum wage. <laughs> scrubbing toilets. Yeah. Yeah. I thought about that a lot when I was scrubbing the toilets. Yeah. Like, I used to have a real job. I, I know a lot of people, uh, like that uncertainty of leaving your job that you were like with all the benefits and just like the security of having a job on the arsenal to not having it. A lot of people would think that's that's a tough thing. I know you talk about like it was tough, but was it exciting? And like, did you look forward to the, the possibility of what could be? I did. I mean, it was a tough thing. My mom hated it. <laughs> I had health insurance. I had everything. <laughs> but I, I knew I wasn't happy there, so I needed to do something. And leaving it would change. If this didn't work out, I would find something else that was probably going to be better for my happiness than that job was. It was cool because when we... We met a long time ago, but when we started hanging out again was when he was just about to open his commercial kitchen to do wholesale, because Canadian Bacon does wholesale for Domain South, Honest, um, Rooster's Crow, Earth and Stone, that nice Sammy's, plug. that's the list. <laughs> I mean, I got to get it in there. Um, but also, they've been hugely supportive of the business. Like, they're part of the reason we were so successful. Um, but we kind of reconnected when he was like, I need photos for my website, because now I have a website, because it's becoming <laughs> a real thing. So I went and did that. Um, and it was really cool to see it go from there to, okay, well now he's doing you know 24 bagels a week at Honest, and oh, now he has another wholesale client, and like seeing it kind of grow 
in that way, especially after he took such a huge risk. Like I tell him all the time, if we had been together when he decided to quit his nice arsenal job <laughs> and go work at a coffee shop and start a bakery, I would have been like, um, but it's been cool to be along for the ride. Would you say that you've always had an entrepreneurial mindset? Absolutely not. I, I, when I first started at the arsenal, I loved it because it was an easy job. I got paid well. I had benefits. I, I was comfortable there, but it just droned on me after a while. So I've kind of slowly rolled into, I guess, this mindset. So now I do, but I, I did not for a long time. What interested you the most about being your own boss? It's just <laughs> a lot of work. <laughs> there are a lot of surprises. Yeah, there's a lot you don't know. Like we are constantly learning new things. Like I told you in the beginning, I work in marketing. I've worked in journalism. That's my background. And now it's dealing with payroll and having a whole team of people who you care about and want to make sure that they feel taken care of and they have to be your priority. And, and then, scheduling. oh, there's also there's scheduling and there's, you know, all these laws you need to follow. And it's just a lot. <laughs> <laughs> you may hear the fear in our voice, but it's been a huge learning curve, but it's been fun. <laughs> yeah. Overall. It Overall, been it's fun. been great. With a lot of people I talk with, they talk about as being like your own boss, there's a lot of different hats you wear. Uh, what is the one hat that you wear now that you knew the littlest about when you jumped into this? For me, it's managing people. Because, I mean, I never managed people at my old job. And for the first couple years doing this, it was just me in a, in a windowless kitchen by myself. Yeah. <laughs> I've managed like one employee in the past, like that's it. So I was very, very in interns. Um, so that, but it's still been a big learning curve. For me, it probably is all of the like regulations and taxes and finances. I'm still learning all of that. Like that's just not the fun stuff that people talk about when you talk about opening a business. And we're both kind of creative minded. I'm a little more type A, like we need to have a plan, we need to have a schedule, we need to have a spreadsheet. Um, a little more. A little more, a <laughs> lot more. Uh, when we hired everyone, we joked, we were like, all of these labels here, I put labels on everything. <laughs> um, and he's very, very creative-minded. So kind of getting two creative-minded people in a space where you have to be very logistically-minded, and it's been a new muscle to exercise. Yeah, we're at the point now where we have to know what our break-even is each week and all these financial things where when I first started, I was like, hey, I'm, it looks like I'm making more money each week. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm not spending as much as I'm bringing in, so that's good, right? Yeah. <laughs> but now you have to get more focused on it. Yeah. But it's cool, though, because for so long, for two years, it was him and then him and maybe one employee at a time working in a hallway kitchen. I would spend every Saturday morning there helping out, doing dishes, and it was just kind of like us making the whole thing happen with his parents and like one team member, and to see it now is really amazing. Even with all the stuff we have to learn <laughs> and mistakes we've made and will continue to make. It's crazy to see just how popular y'all were at those pop-ups uh, when it was just y'all. Like it was, it was like the staff, like I think 
my my vision of it not on the outside is like when I go to those events I was thinking like man they probably have this huge staff of people with them because like the amount of like they're, they're popular there's tons of people coming to them and they're having tons of product they're probably a huge staff but little did I know that you're waking up at 3 a.m. baking bagels and breads and pretzels and all day and you're selling out and you're like I have to build the staff around me yeah like his summers are 80 hour weeks every week from like May to October and I only say that like he would never brag on himself about it but it's one of the things that blows me away and that everyone should know about people who start their own business like it's not cushy it's not it's often not cute um he worked really hard (laughs) so to see people come in and like order the bagel sandwiches and get their coffee um and just really get to enjoy this space and this dream that you know he kind of had that's cool where did the name Canadian Bacon come from? Are y'all originally from Canada? <laughs> Oof. Uh, he's like, if I, if I could have chosen a different name. <laughs> this question, so many times. The answer's out there. But. I thought about just making a sign when I was at farmer's markets. Somebody asked me that. I'll just hold that up. <laughs> I don't have no. to respond to them. Yeah. You just hold it up. Yeah. Are you going to tell the story? Uh, you, you tell it so much better than I do. Uh, I really don't. Uh, <laughs> He uh, does MMA uh, fighting over at Maverick Gym downtown. And he's been doing that for, what, like nine years? Ish. A long time. And when he first started, he they thought he was Canadian. Like, <laughs> he doesn't have a southern accent. Um, it all started because I had a Canadian, he had a Canadian sticker, sticker on, on his car. Because I just visited friends from Canada. Yeah. So he was repping a Canadian flag <laughs> on his car. And they're like, so you're Canadian? No. And they wouldn't believe him. So there was, like, what, five other mats at the gym? <laughs> So like his nickname became Canadian, Canadian Matt, <laughs> Each and then Matt just Canadian. Got a nickname. Yeah, wasn't that like Angry Matt or Evil Matt? Evil Matt. Evil Matt. <laughs> I'm glad you weren't that one. Um, and then yeah, it just became his nickname, Canadian. And when he started baking, I think he brought him to the, the stuff to the gym. They're like, if you ever start a business, you should name it Canadian Bacon. Ha ha ha. Like, oh, well, <laughs> look at me now. here we are. Um, we recently did like a Canada Day celebration and. We even said in all the posts, like, we're not Canadian, but we're going to celebrate we y'all. We just love it. We just love it. <laughs> and people were still like, oh, fellow Canadians. We're like, no, we're so sorry. It's a lie. It's an entire lie. So you talk about a little bit about how the, the all the different hats and things you had to learn along the way that kind of helped build this location into what it was. Why did you choose this location as being the location you have downtown? And was there other options available when you were looking? Oh, it was a, a long journey to find a space. We were probably looking actively for about a year mm-hmm. uh, to, to find a, a good location. And we wanted to be close to downtown. I like the downtown vibe here. And uh, this place was a lot of jackpots because it had a kitchen, which is a huge renovation expense. It had the vent hoods and the grease trap and a walk-in fridge. And it had a lot of space back there, which is one thing we really needed. Mm-hmm. Uh, so to find it become available, it was like a jackpot. And so we, we shot for this one really quickly. Yeah, we almost missed, like we came to look at it and then it got subleased to someone else. And we went to meet with our agent is that what we call him yeah. yeah alex and he was showing us another property and matt just mentioned to him where he was like hey if that space becomes available again we want it literally the next day the landlord called him and was like hey that space is becoming available do you know anyone who's interested <laughs> so that was pretty cool also alex samples is amazing for anyone looking for property <laughs> you know what once you had this location you started building it out how long did the process take from when you 
got the location to when you were first able to open up back in, I guess, April or May? When, when did we get the location? It felt right like after about Thanksgiving. A, felt like a month and a, three years all at the same time. <laughs> we, we signed, you signed the lease um, right after Thanksgiving. So we started working in December last year, 2019. It was cold. I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> and his parents did basically everything that you see in here. Yeah, they built the counter over there. Mm-hmm. Uh, they built the trash can. Yep. <laughs> they built the shelves. They took down lattice that was all over this. They had their friends from church come in and help stain the ceiling. Matt and I were here after I got off of work staining the ceiling. Yeah, I would finish up at the old kitchen that I was baking out of and then come over here and start painting. And mm-hmm. They did so, <clears throat> installed our, you know, brick walls and mm. everything. They did everything. They're wild. His parents <laughs> are wild. Um, and that kind of got all done in... March? Yeah. February, yeah. How much of y'all's success thus far would you contribute to being in the right place at the right time, and how much would you contribute to your hard work? <laughs> um, hmm. I don't know. I don't, I guess it's a lot of it is just hard work, but I don't, it doesn't seem like hard work. I'm not like smelting iron or anything. <laughs> It's just a long yeah. work. But there's also, there wasn't anything else like this when he really started. Now we have, um, like, there's a new chain bakery. And then you had the moon open up downtown. Um, but that's mostly, like, sweets and patisserie. Mm-hmm. Um, but there weren't bread bakeries, really. There was Fred Bread, who's, you know, obviously beloved. But he does a completely different thing. And so it was more the novelty of, like, oh, yeah. my gosh, I've came from San Francisco and couldn't find a good sourdough. I came from New York and couldn't find a good hand-rolled bagel. And then here he is kind of cornering that market. Especially with the bagels. Yeah. I mean, that's why I started with bagels. I liked bread of all types when I started. But I was like, there aren't really, like, there's not a bagel place in Huntsville. I mean, when I, I think still, it's my biggest competition for bagels is, like, Panera or Brugger's. Brugger's. <laughs> I know as far as like the products that y'all have, I, I've, one of my favorite things that y'all have is the pretzels. I got the pretzels uh, for an event a couple, it's like a year ago, and it's the first time I've ever had them. And I just, I felt like I was eating those throughout the week because I was just like, oh, these are so good. I don't want to let them go. And then like the bagels and stuff like that. What are some of the other products that you have and any other products that you're looking at uh, having in the future? The products we're looking at having in the future is any type of bread. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we're always we're always experimenting with things. I experimented with uh, fugas recently, and we're going to have to keep working on that, but <laughs> yeah. it tasted good. Yeah, and we have his signature brioche, which is an enriched dough that has, like, butter and eggs. So, like, the butter, like, seeps through the paper bag that we wrap it in. Like, it's really good, and we always do twists on that. Like, we have our cinnamon one. That's a mainstay. We recently did apple pie brioche for sort of July 4th. Um, we're just always playing around with different stuff, different types of bagels. Yeah, just make a sourdough and throw a couple things in it, like roasted garlic, see what that turns out like. Mm-hmm. Different twists and similar items. What kind of advice would you give to someone who's looking at starting their own business? It's going to be more work than you think. Um, there's a lot of unknown unknowns. Mm-hmm. A lot of surprises. I'd say it's worth it in yeah. the end. It's really cool. It's cool walking into a space that you have 
helped build. Yeah. And I know a long time ago when I was working on the Arsenal, one of the guys that used to work for a company there, I mean, everybody there has like four bosses because everything's a division of something else. But he finally like branched off and started his own uh, company. And I knew one of his things that he told me or told a group of people was don't start a business if you just want money for it because you're really going to have to like what you're doing. Because <laughs> that's, I mean, that's what it is. It's, you, you spend 80 hours a week doing something and you're not getting paid for it. So you, you, you have to really care about it, not, not just want to be rich. Yeah, that is a big one. It'll be nice to be rich, hopefully. I mean, Make that dough. <laughs> bakeries are known for creating multimillionaires. Yeah. You kind of touched on it a little bit earlier, but looking back over your journey in starting this company, would you ever imagine it would be what it is today and that you would have met the people that you have along the way? I never thought that far ahead, which is indicative of how I go about <laughs> life, I guess. But I would just, I started baking, and then I was like, oh, maybe I'll sign up for a farmer's market. And I started making for that, and I didn't think about what the next step was until it got, like, right in front of me. And I was like, oh, well, maybe I could sell to a, a coffee shop. So I started looking for a commercial space, and I found one coffee shop, Honest, that would carry me, and Rooster's Crew, and then just, like, maybe a couple other places will. And it just, each step was just, like, I was tripping on it before I actually took the step because I wasn't looking for anything. So I didn't envision anything, really. I just started doing it. And as things happen, they happened. And that's like speaks to our dynamic as well, where I'm the one who's constantly like, well, what about this? What about this? What about that? What about this? What do you think in three months we should? What do you think we should do in six months? Um, but yeah, that's where we're pretty different. Because yeah. she thinks really far ahead, the minute details of stuff years down the line and I we even each other we meet in the middle <laughs> so it turns into like a normal person running a business <laughs> how can people connect with you and support you in what you're doing with Canadian bacon how can they do that how can they um, well obviously they could come into the shop um, buy our breads bagels tell your friends and share on social media like that's a huge thing we've had a person who came in uh, because he saw someone post one of our sandwiches online and like beelined it here when he figured out where it was from I mean they can follow us we're at Canadian underscore bacon underscore bread on Instagram then Canadian bacon on Facebook um, hang out with us there we're pretty chill. Uh, we post weird stuff sometimes. It's all fun. Well, thank you so much uh, for sitting down and talking with me. I really enjoyed learning more about Canadian bacon and the journey it took to get where you are today. And I continue to look forward to the success it will have in the future and the years to come. Thank you. Oh, anytime. Thank you for listening to another episode of Beyond Rockets. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast as well as you can follow me on Instagram and Facebook at Beyond Rockets to stay up to date on the new episodes and the events that are going on in Huntsville. Thanks for listening and I hope you enjoyed.